What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Casual Big Ten Podcast. Today is Thursday, January 11th, 2024. My name is Kent Peterson. I am the host of this show, and on today's show, we're talking hoops. Who got beat? What games are upcoming? And some things that are happening with me in regards to when I will be talking about basketball. We'll get to all that. But first, I want to remind everybody, bet big. We're still doing it. We're not recording shows for it anymore. Every morning I post the lines, the spreads, and the totals for every Big Ten conference game, which for the rest of the year, that's all we have left. There's no more non-conference games until the uh, NCAA tournament starts. So for every game from now until the end of the Big Ten tournament, I'll be posting the lines for... Like I said, both the spreads and the totals, you have a chance to participate because you can vote on the polls that are in the thread on Twitter, and you are playing against myself, Bet Big Brad, and B1G Wilson. We're doing pretty good this year, everybody. Not only the polls, but especially myself. I'm still in first place right now, not to toot my own horn. Uh, 37 and 21, 16 games over 500 for myself. I've never picked games this well. I should probably start gambling actual money on some of these games because I'm doing pretty good. Bet Big Brad and the Twitter polls are in second place. They are 34 and 24, still 10 games over 500. Really impressive. And then Wilson just got over 500 last night. He is 30 and 28 in fourth place, but he's charging right now, man. He is coming back with a vengeance. So again, Bet Big on YouTube. Make sure, or I'm sorry, on Twitter. I'm on YouTube right now. On Twitter, every morning I will be posting those uh, threads. A thread is on Twitter when you do a tweet and then there's more tweets below it. Just in case you didn't know, make sure you're following at Casual Big Ten so you can participate in that bet big competition. Also, like I said, for myself personally, uh, I will be joining JR from the Big Ten Huddle. I've had him on this show before. I've been on his show multiple times now. From now until the end of the season, just like bet big, I will be joining JR on the Big Ten Huddle. We talk basketball every Sunday night, live on YouTube. It's also live on Twitter. That same Twitter I was just talking about will be live. Make sure you're following the Big Ten Huddle and uh, tuning in every Sunday night. We'll be talking about uh, pretty much the games that happen in the second half of the week um, on those Sunday nights and uh, everything Big Ten basketball. I love doing that show with JR. Talked about uh, last week when I did my Reloaded episode that I'm looking to kind of do some different stuff with myself and my own podcast and uh, really excited that I'm able to join him because I'm not going to lie, it's a lot easier to get on someone else's show. I can get some notes ready and then let JR kind of control the ship, if you will, um, as we go through his show. It's a lot of fun. He always has at least one extra guest on. And uh, really fun to just talk to those people about uh, basketball. I just love talking hoops. I love to do it. That's why I'm doing it right now. Speaking of those hoops, this has been a massive week in the Big Ten Conference regarding upsets. There's been a lot of them. In my eyes, there's been even more than maybe some people have thought of. But we got to talk about the big one first, Purdue versus Nebraska. Nebraska beats Purdue. Number one goes down. What was this, Wednesday night? What is it, Thursday right now? So that was Tuesday night. Uh, Really shocking. 
really shocking. I'm going to talk about the Big Ten Conference in general playing on the road in just a minute. Have a little graphic for that as well. But I was very surprised. I think Nebraska is a very good basketball team. And I uh, I love Coach Hoiberg. I like what he does. But um, I did not think that Purdue was going to lose again this year. I'm not going to lie. They're loaded. They are loaded. When you have somebody like Zach Eady and the shooters that they have, and then the athleticism from guys like Fletcher Lawyer and Lance Jones, um, it's really hard to beat that team. They're pretty sound defensively as well. But on this night, it was all about the Cornhuskers. How did they do it? Well, first of all, they hit 14 three-pointers. That's a good start. That's a good start. You hit 14 three-pointers, and you only shoot 23 of them. That's a pretty high percentage. Now, Purdue hit 13, but the problem is they shot 33 of them, so they missed 20. Not knocking down the threes for Purdue was huge. And then for me, from a basketball standpoint, I think that the biggest thing that Nebraska was able to do that I haven't seen another team do that well this year was they put Rank Mast on Edie basically one-on-one throughout the game. When Rank was in the game, and I don't know if I'm saying his first name right, but that's okay. We're going to move on. When he was in the game, though, there wasn't a lot of double teaming coming from the other players on Nebraska. He was basically going one-on-one, and that allowed everybody else to stay uh, position-wise on the shooters and uh, on those other athletic guys, like I said. So really good job defensively for uh, Nebraska. They also won the turnover battle. They only had eight, and Purdue had 13. So you win the turnover battle, you shoot a high percentage from three-point land, and you can guard Zach Eady one-on-one. That's the recipe to beat them. The problem is not a lot of teams can do that. Now, Purdue fans and uh, maybe even just some basketball fans in general will talk about the uh, foul discrepancy or how Edie's been getting in foul trouble when he shouldn't be. Um, It goes both ways. I think that teams that play Purdue think that Edie gets away with a lot of stuff. And when Purdue loses, I feel like I hear a little, not a lot. I will say most of the followers I have that are uh, big Purdue fans, they're very realistic about foul calls. And um, I didn't hear a lot of complaining from them, to be honest. But uh, from the other fan bases, you'll hear that Purdue's crying about foul calls. And it just it's going to happen all year. It's just going to happen. It's Big Ten refereeing. Um, you're going to have games where the refs seem like they're favoring your team. And then there's going to be every other game where it feels like they're against you. And when it's all said and done, they're just... Um, You win some, you lose some when it comes to the referees. I guess I'll leave it at that. Also, in the upset realm, I think this was an upset, even though it was at home for Rutgers. Rutgers beats Indiana 60, I'm sorry, 77 to 66. Um, It was really, I I didn't watch this full game. I saw most of the second half, and I'm not really sure how they did it. (laughs) I mean, from a basketball um, perspective, I don't know what they did differently that they were able to beat Indiana by 11. I guess it was because it was at home. That's a big part of it. Um, they did have some really balanced scoring. They had five guys that were in double double figures. And um, when you're playing a team that's not great defensively like Indiana, and you can have five guys go over, over double f- figures, if I could talk today, um, I guess that's the way to beat them. I don't think that Indiana is a bad team. We're going to talk about my power rankings here in just a moment. I have them ranked really low, but um, I also have Rutgers ranked really low. So this, to me, was still an upset. 
Also, over the weekend, um, oh, by the way, speaking of fouls, 22 to 13 in this game favoring um, Rutgers. They had 13. Indiana had 22. So maybe some beef there with the referees from the uh, Hoosiers fans. Uh, on Sunday, Northwestern beat MSU badly, really badly. I think it was by 14 points. I thought that was pretty shocking. And then a minor upset here, I think that uh, it needs to be mentioned. Wisconsin goes on the road to the shot, and they beat Ohio State by 11. 11 last night. Um, Wisconsin, I am. Uh, I talked about this on the Big Ten Huddle. I am super high on Wisconsin right now. I am super high on Wisconsin. In fact, I wanted to look up what the odds were for them to win the Big Ten outright. We'll talk about those standings in just a second. Maybe I will look that up. Maybe I will look that up. Um, I talked a little bit about the road woes that the Big Ten is having. Here's what it looks like on paper. Now, this was from yesterday as I scoot over a little bit uh, to get back on video. From yesterday, the Big Ten as a whole was 6-22 and as a conference when playing conference games on the road. That's a mouthful. But basically, in Big Ten play, when there's a road game, the Big Ten has only won six games out of 28, which was pretty crazy. I thought it was worth this tweet. Um, a lot of other people liked it too, to be honest. Again, not to toot my own horn, this tweet did pretty well. Uh, after last night, though, it basically I feel like I put this out into the ether and then um, Ohio State and who else did I say just played last night? You would think I'd have that pulled up. I don't. I don't. I forgot who played last night already. Was it Penn State? Who was it? I forget now. No, Penn State was at home. It was Northwestern. So uh, Wisconsin and Northwestern go get road wins yesterday. So that brings the total back up to 8-22 and 22 at this point. Still not a good record on the road. Obviously, you're going to have a losing record on the road, I think, in a conference that's as tough as the Big Ten or in any conference. I think if we pulled any conference, the road record would indicate that it's really tough to win on the road in college basketball just in general. But really shocking when I looked at this team by team, Wisconsin now 2-0 and on the road. Impressive. Illinois 1-1, and Michigan 1-1, and Minnesota 1-1, and Indiana 1-2, and Purdue 1-2, and which, again, very shocking to me. They lose at Northwestern, and then again, uh, this week they lost at Nebraska. For a team I don't think is going to lose very many games. I still feel that way. I don't feel like Purdue's going to lose very many games going forward. But then the rest of the conference, Northwestern, Iowa, Maryland, Michigan State, Nebraska, Ohio State, Penn State, and Rutgers, all either 0-2 or, if you're Northwestern, 0-1 on the road. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy how tough it is going to be to win road games this year in this conference. I just think it's something worthy of pointing out. Um, I'm on the standings tab now, so let's pull this up. Uh, full standings right here. We have uh, Wisconsin right now as of today before any games are played at the top. They're the only undefeated team in conference play right now. And that's not just why I like them. It's not just because they've won uh, four conference games and everyone else has lost at least one. It's because their style of play has changed. Talked about this a little bit. You bring AJ Store in. It seems like he is the X factor in changing everything that Wisconsin's been known to do slowing it down and scoring low scoring games uh defensive battles it feels like they can just go out and outscore people now you have crawl you have wall if connor asijan can start uh scoring even more than he has off the bench 
This is a dangerous team. This is a dangerous, dangerous team in uh, not only conference play, in the Big Ten tournament, they're going to be really tough to beat. And then I think that they could go as high as a two seed in the NCAA tournament when all is said and done. I mean, if they don't, obviously, they keep winning at the rate they're winning right now. They're going to be a one seed. Uh, Northwestern and Minnesota tied at second place. Minnesota, three and one in conference play. Uh, pretty impressive. They got three wins already after the season that they had last year. Illinois down there at fourth place. Uh, at two and one, we'll talk about their game coming up tonight in just a moment. Purdue, fifth place, three and two. And then you have Nebraska, Indiana, Ohio State is dropping now after that Wisconsin loss. I think I still think that Ohio State's a very good team. Penn State moves up, which is, I mean, that's a Penn State team that I didn't think was going to win a singular conference game. I feel like at this point, but um, they get the Michigan win. Last weekend, and then, uh, of course, what was the other win that they had? Who else did they beat? I need to pull this stuff up before the podcast starts. Who else did they just beat? Was it Ohio State? That's right. There was Ohio State earlier uh, in December. Ohio State. I remember now. I actually didn't find it on the website. I just remembered. Um, And then it finishes up with Iowa. Really disappointing Michigan State team. Rutgers and Maryland. And, uh, of course, the worst team in the conference, Michigan, at the bottom, um, goes without saying there. Interesting. Interesting how the standings look. And I do think that it's not too early to look at the standings. We're mid-January at this point. Um, It's time to start evaluating how many more wins and losses teams are going to have and uh, start figuring out who's going to make the tournament. I've said it last year, and I will say it a lot this year. I'm not a bracketologist. I don't claim to be. But I do know that 20 wins is pretty much the uh, low watermark. 19 if you're a really good team and you have some good non-conference wins, which not a lot of teams in our conference do. Purdue does. Wisconsin does. But they're going to be in the tournament any, anyways. These bubble teams, no one really has great non-conference wins. Uh, to be down there at 18 or 19 wins and still expect to make the tournament. Now, obviously anything can happen in the other uh conferences and with the rest of the landscape of college basketball and maybe a 19 win team slides in um but we'll see it's time to start thinking about that though it's time to start looking at the schedule and say hey we have uh 11 12 wins right now are we going to get nine more are we going to get eight more you know next week are we going to get seven more wins in this conference with the the schedule that we have uh based on what team you are based on what team you are i think it's a fun Fun thing to do. I like to do it all the time. All right. What's coming up this weekend? We have a big slate if you just slump the whole weekend. And I'm going to talk about tonight as this weekend, even though it's only Thursday. Uh, obviously, some massive games uh, throughout the weekend that are going to determine really, I think I think there's some games this weekend that will say, hey, this team's done. And it starts tonight. Michigan at Maryland. Now, I don't think either one of these teams is going to make the tournament, but as far as for their season, this is a loser-leaves-town type of game. Whoever loses this game is for sure lost for the rest of the year, and I think it's going to be Michigan. I think that this team is um, already lost with their coach. I think they're already uh, discombobulated with their roster. 
They just announced yesterday that Doug McDaniel is going to be seated for the next six away games. Um, some people claiming it's because he can't leave the state. Some people saying it's academic reasons. Whatever it may be, you're losing your best player and going on the road in a conference that doesn't win a lot of road games and trying to pick up some wins to salvage a uh, respectable season. I don't see it happening. I think that Maryland's the one that gets the win tonight and kind of turns their season around and has an opportunity to build off that. The big game, though, tonight, primetime. I say primetime. Primetime for me because the kids will be in bed. Michigan State at Illinois. I can't wait for this game. I cannot wait for this game. Partially because of my uh, power rankings, which, like I said, I'll get to in just a moment. But also because this game right here, for Michigan State specifically, they're really going to have to start looking at their schedule and say, man, where do we find nine more wins? Because they're, or where do they find 11 more wins? Because they're at, where are they at right now? What's the, I just had the state, let me just pull the standings back up. Michigan State, uh, yeah, 11 more wins, I would say. Or for them, you know, because it's Michigan State uh, and they get a lot of preferential treatment, I think, from the committee especially in Tom Izzo's later years, where do they find 10 more wins if they lose this game tonight? This is a massive game for them on the road. Illinois, obviously, Terrence Shannon Jr. not playing anymore. Um, I'm hoping, I'm really hopeful. I've been tracking the story as closely as possible. I'm really hoping that they reverse that decision because for them to say that he can't play, and he, he there was a tweet about uh, a quote that he said, I'm going to just paraphrase it because I'm not going to pull it up right now. But basically he said, if we're going to wait until the end of this investigation or this um, this legal process, it's going to ruin his life is what he said, but for sure going to have a big impact on his basketball career because you're taking him out of a season where he's trying to rise his draft stock, you know? So I really hope that he's able to come back. I hope that the judge in this case recognizes that and especially if it if we find out that he's innocent which i'm not claiming that he is or isn't but if we find out that terrence is innocent then uh i just i feel like it's just going to be a lot of what if from the illinois fans and for uh him specifically i i really do i really do so i hope he comes back uh he won't be back tonight though so michigan state Big game on the road for them, like I said, and Illinois trying to hold serve at home. Tomorrow you have Minnesota and Indiana. Just talked about how Minnesota's near the top of the standings right now. Indiana coming off that road loss. Can they come back home? And they need to hold court against a really good Minnesota team. It's time to talk about Ben Johnson a little bit. What he's been putting together after a season where he looked lost last year. Completely lost. Um, it, it looks like the roster improving just a little bit. He's able to do um, some more things offensively. So uh, excited for that game tomorrow. That's actually that's actually a good game tomorrow. I'm excited about that one. And then Nebraska, a team that you know just got that massive win at home. They have to go on the road again, and they're going to Iowa. Anytime, I mean, I know in Las Vegas when they do lines, they say, uh, especially in football, this happens. Home team gets a couple of points be, just because they're at home. I feel like in Big Ten play, it's more like seven or eight points that automatically goes to the home team. So uh, big game for Iowa, too. They're down below at the standings now, and they need to 
they need to start putting some wins together if they're thinking about the NCAA tournament. And then you have Saturday, Northwestern at Wisconsin. I'm predicting Wisconsin's going to win this game. I used to think that uh, Northwestern was, you know, I still think they're a good team. Chris Collins is still my favorite coach. He always will be. I'll mention him on every basketball episode I ever do. But to go to Wisconsin, man, that's going to be a tough game for them on Saturday. Penn State at Purdue, I feel like doesn't even need to be mentioned. Purdue's definitely going to win that game. I don't see any slip-ups there. And then Sunday uh, really depends on what happens tonight because Illinois and Michigan State are both playing at home. Michigan State has Rutgers coming to town. Illinois has Maryland coming to town. So uh, both both uh, games, I think that the home team wins that, Michigan State and Illinois, which makes tonight's game even more important because then you can start stacking some wins up if you're one of those teams. All right. Going to talk quickly about my power rankings, bring them up on the screen real quick. This was as of Tuesday. I do power rankings every Tuesday morning, so obviously there's going to be some movement next week um, since it's Thursday now and some of these lower teams have won. You have Purdue at number one. That's not going to change for a while. Despite what Wisconsin is doing, um, it's going to take them to go on a major run because um, I, I explained the algorithm that I used that I invented and a lot of people hate when I post it on Twitter. And that's fine. I don't care. I like it. And I like to do it. So I don't really care what people say. Um, but the algorithm that I'm using or the equation that I'm using, it factors in the Ken Palm rankings and who you've beaten and how much you've beaten them by. Purdue has multiple top 10 Ken Palm wins this year. And some of them by a really decisive margin, which is why they're so far ahead of everybody else in these standings, even though it just says number one and number two, they're really far ahead of Wisconsin still. Wisconsin at number two, got a lot of heat for Michigan State ahead of Illinois. Um, so again, that's why this game tonight, to me especially, um, is a big game. Because I do think that Michigan State is a better team overall than Illinois. It's just going to be tough for them to win at Illinois. Ohio State at number five, Northwestern at number six. Um both of those teams just lost, so maybe they they lose some points there. Nebraska might jump Northwestern and possibly Ohio State after getting that massive Purdue win next week. You should see them closer to five, I'm predicting. Uh, maybe I should have updated this before I did the pod, but I'm not going to, though. I do it once a week. It's, it's enough to do it once a week. Trust me, it takes me like 35 minutes. Uh, Minnesota at number eight, Iowa nine. Uh, also got pushback for Michigan ahead of Indiana. But look, Michigan, same thing as Purdue. The non-conference wins that they got, the decisive win against St. John's, the uh, road win against Iowa is what's forcing them to be ahead of Indiana, even with all those losses. Every Indiana win that's taken place so far has been by a slight margin. That's why, for my algorithm, they haven't moved up higher. And, of course, they just lost, so um, they'll probably move down a little bit as well. Uh, Maryland at number 12, Rutgers at 13, and then Penn State. Mm, maybe they'll jump Rutgers. Maybe they'll jump Rutgers here shortly at number 14 for Penn State. Um, that's the power rankings. That's the actual standings. I wanted to take a moment here to tell a little story because it's something I've been dealing with this week. It's about the Big Ten tournament. Me, uh, Wilson, and Brad all went last year. Bet Big Brad, B1G Wilson, had the time of our lives in Chicago. Luckily, um, we were able to have housing taken care of for us. So it was no problem to try to find tickets and uh, be able to attend the entire week of the Big Ten Tournament. And we're planning to do the same this year. 
Last year, really quickly, I love telling this story. Like I said, story time for me. Um, the Big Ten announces that Big Ten tournament tickets are available, and they tweet out a link that you can buy them. Last year and this year, the same thing happened. You click on the link. It takes you to uh, last year the United Center, this year the Target Center. And the only seats that are available are the final <laughs> or the last two or three rows in the entire stadium, which is not somewhere that I'd like to sit. I'd like to be closer. So um, the rest of the seats, especially in the lower bowl, are allocated to each university. And after calling them last year, I figured out that pretty much the only way to get your hands on these tickets is to be a season ticket holder of one of the teams, which I am not, or to um, donate to the alumni fund at one of the schools and uh, acquire tickets that way. So that's what I did last year. I donated $1 to Michigan State's uh, alumni or athletic. I think it's the general athletic fund, actually. And uh, was able to get a username and a number, a donor number, that I was able to call back Michigan State and acquire tickets. Now, here's where it gets interesting. And I want to see uh, if anyone's still listening to this, how everybody else feels about this. And maybe I'm just complaining into thin air and no one else cares about this. But... I've learned over the last two years, especially last year, that even if you acquire tickets through a university, they prioritize who gets what tickets based on your donor level or your quote unquote points that you have with the university, um, which again is based on how much money you've spent on donations or season tickets. And I'll be frank, I think it's absolute bullshit because people that aren't season ticket holders and are just big fans of Big Ten basketball have zero opportunity to sit close to the game or the tournament. You're stuck in the upper bowl. Now, last year we got pushed back because my priority level was probably zero at Michigan State based on that $1 donation. And we were in the 300 level, which I was promised that 200 would be the max. We were in the 300 level. Luckily, the stands weren't completely full, especially on Wednesday and Thursday, and we were able to go down to the lower level anyways. And even some of the Friday and Saturday games, but it starts filling up on Saturday, and we get pushed back. So I guess my beef at this point is that there's not a chance for the average fan to be able to sit where they want at these games. And again, maybe I'm the only one that feels like this because I'm the only one in this position. Uh, maybe everybody else knows a big donor at these schools and they can get the tickets through that person. That's great. That is great. But what I have a big problem with is that the aftermarket ticket sales are all in the lower bowl and they're for hundreds of dollars more than the face value. So the people that they're saving these tickets for, you know, the high-level donors and the season ticket holders, are just turning around and taking these tickets and selling them. So why are we prioritizing those people when they're just trying to make a quick dollar off the Big Ten tournament? I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Now, I know there's no way to police this, so even if the Big Ten opened it to, uh, you know... 
the average fan like myself, there would still be aftermarket sales. I understand that. There's really no way to get around that, I guess. But, uh, you know, like I said, I think it's bullshit and uh, I'm pissed off. There's also one group of people that sells courtside seats and uh, lower level seats at center court for a ridiculous markup. Um, I could go into that too. Uh, we were going to get courtside seats this year and then they basically disappeared somehow. Again, I just don't think I'm important enough. Even my money isn't good enough for uh, courtside seats, even if I have enough money. It's strange to me. I don't get it. I don't get it. The politics involved in the Big Ten ticket uh, determinations are uh, pissing me off, to say the least. And I'll leave on that note. Um, thanks, everybody, that was listening. I appreciate anyone that watched on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed. If you're listening on a podcast, listening device, make sure you're driving safely. Um, be sure to leave five stars if you feel so inclined to do so. I'll be back, like I said, on the Big Ten Huddle this Sunday night live on YouTube and Twitter with my boy JR. And uh, maybe another episode on Monday right after that. I'll just do another episode about these weekend games because now that football is over, and by the way, football, one one other quick note. I forgot to mention this at the top. I did a uh, Michigan wrap-up episode last night with Brandon Jones from the Jonesing for Sports podcast. He was the guy that did our Michigan preview, so I felt it was only right to let him come on and do a bit of a victory lap for his Michigan Wolverines. We recorded that last night. It's live on YouTube and available on podcast as well. Um, check that out. But also, now that football is over, could focus everything on basketball. I'm expecting to do at least two episodes a week going forward. Um, again, haven't determined the days, but Thursday feels like a good day, though. Thursday feels like at least one of the good days. Maybe it should be Thursday and uh, Monday morning. Let's call it that. Let's determine it right now. New Year, Thursdays and Mondays, Big Ten basketball every week here on the Casual Big Ten Podcast. I appreciate y'all listening. We will see you guys next time. We will see you in the future.